Good morning, good morning. I, uh, am I on? Am I good? Am I on? Okay. Just a lot of chatter. I love it. That's great. Um, it really is. I'm so grateful to, to hear the energy in this sanctuary. I think it's uh, telling to our church. So um, I'm so glad that you're excited to be here. It's what it sounds like, which is awesome. Um, I hope you are excited. For those of you online, I'm so happy that you've joined us as well. Um, this day is an important day, not only within the life of our children's ministry, but within the life of our church. Being Christian Education Sunday, we'll have a third grade Bible presentation. We'll have the blessings of the backpacks and briefcases. And um, a lot of these kids were baptized here. And if you were here as the congregation of Main Street, you, <laughs> I love it. There's a lot of talk going on. I love it. Um, you decided along with all of us to support and love these families and these students as they are raised in our children's and our youth ministries too. And so you get to see a little bit of the fruit of the love and support that you have given to us and to these wonderful families. So um, I'm so excited for today. And uh, before we get started in worship, I do have a couple of announcements you'll see in the messenger. Um, another part of Christian Education Sunday is we have a children's ministry pool party tonight for our third through fifth graders. Um, and that will be um, from 4 to 6 p.m. at the home of Katie and Zach Royals. Um, families, if you need to know where that is or know more information on that, please let Susan know or let me know, um, and we can help you in that. And then uh, lastly, you see on the back of your messenger, um, our August special offering is a new uh, preschool playground. Uh, we are, you probably noticed this morning, we have a little bit of construction going on, knocking down the old playground. We're going to be getting some new equipment for our uh, preschool. And so if you want to um, help us out with that, you can put playground in your tithe check and write it on your memo line of that check. And I know that we would really appreciate that. Now I know we're all excited. I know we're happy to be here and that's great. And with a lot of busyness going on, but in this next moment, let us kind of collect ourselves and prepare our hearts for a time of worship.
Good morning. I ask you, if you will, to take your worship bulletin and stand, and let's share together the greeting and prayer. Have your lamps lit. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Be dressed fresh. Have your lamps lit. Have your lamps lit. Defend the world, believe the widow, be unburdened by Be awake, live for the Lord. Know that God's kingdom is here and now. Where the treasure is, there is our heart will be also. And may we embrace God's Our opening hymn of praise this morning, Forward Through the Ages, number 555. We'll sing the entire hymn.
share now the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. forego the welcoming because I've never heard such welcoming at the beginning of the service. So if you will please be seated and the children will come for moments with you. At this time we need everyone. We need anyone that is involved in education at any school, at any level, um, whether you drive a school bus, to teach kids, principal, whatever. We want all of our students of every age from preschool all the way up through college because we want to bless you. We want to get you started. Even if you forgot your bag, you come on up here, we'll give it to you, and then we will... Um, let you, I was missing Winnie. I saw her mama and I couldn't find her, so I'm sorry, I lost my, lost my train of thought there for a moment. Um, we'll, we want everybody to have an opportunity. You two, you two, youth. Did we get everyone? Y'all don't have to sit down, I mean, but I mean, it's okay. Before we do the blessing of the backpack, though, we have four Guys and gals, let's say Reed and Carter, come on. Gia, Zella, we want them to come forward. Y'all stand across where everybody can see you. These are our third graders. Now, is that a cross? <laughs> Y'all you, 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 are good. Okay. <laughs> there. Now. These are our third graders, and we have a tradition here at Main Street where our children have been learning to read, and now they are reading to learn. And when they reach this milestone in their lives, we present them with a Bible that they can use and they can continue to grow within their Christian walk. So, if you will look in your messenger, you will see presentations of the third grade Bibles right here at the beginning. And while you are finding that, we are going to give a Bible to read shouts. There you go. 
And this one is Zella Newton. We would like to give this Bible to Carter Anderson and Gia Antonucci. Very good. All right, if you will please join me. Receive the Word of God. Learn and study its stories. Its words speak to us all. These stories belong to us all. They tell us who we are. They tell us that we belong to one another, for we are the people of God. We rejoice in this step. In this, we pray God will guide you, your family, and us as you use this holy Bible in your home, school, and church. We will learn together and grow in our love. Thanks be to God. All right, you guys can join everyone else, and everyone, y'all, all stand up. And on the back, we have a blessing of the backpacks. And Sarah's going to help me while we are blessing. We are going, she is going to walk around and give everyone a, a backpack. Yes, yes, you may go ahead and begin. So, if you will join me, please. As students and educators carry these backpacks and briefcases, may they be a reminder of the love and care of this congregation that surrounds them each day. Help them to do their best, guide them to make good choices, and remind them that your love and presence are always with them. Fill these adults and children with curiosity, understanding, respect, and compassion for others. Help us encourage and understand the challenges that can come with each new school year. God of all knowledge and wisdom, bless these backpacks, briefcases, and totes, and each student and educator that will carry them throughout the school year. We ask that your love and mercy surround our schools with your protection, that they may be safe places for all who enter. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, now, if you're not going to children's church, you can go back to your seats. If you are going to children's church, let's go. All right? Thank you. prayer hymn this morning is number 431. You'll take your hymnal, Let There Be Peace on Earth. We'll sing the entire hymn.
may that be all of our prayer. <clears throat> we come to the time in our service where we're lifting up those who have serious concerns, and you are free to voice those on your heart and mind as well. Um, let's continue to remember Dudley Dearman, who has received some rather sobering news about life expectancy for him. So those of you who are close to Dudley, please reach out, reach out to him. Let's continue to remember Mary Margaret Tatum, Karen Gower, um, who is healing well, but it's going to have a long healing process. Tim Cole, who's doing well, but continues to receive cancer treatment. Sarah Catherine Wallace, who's doing well, but, but continues to receive treatment. Joyce Lampe has got COVID and is very weak. And we want to remember Shannon Wiggins and her entire family and the death of her mom. Um, let's also continue to remember the Russia-Ukraine war that seems to be endless. Are there those you would like to speak aloud this morning? Yes. Okay, Kim Davis and family. Let's remember her aunt. Let's pray. Gracious God, you know us and you know who we are and what we need and how we operate in the world. And we do ask that if we can be the beginning of peace in the world, that you would give us the courage to do so. We've listed a lot of people here that we love, um, some who have health conditions that are beyond the ability of our medical science to cure. And if we can be a part of caring for them, loving them, carrying them, supporting them on this journey, help us to be a part of that. Help us to be selfless enough that we will invest ourselves with them in this journey. We have some people who are making maybe final choices as their life comes to an end. Help us to be in league with them, with our emotions, our heart, as they make the transition to whatever you have for us after this. We pray for our world. Um, our world is big, and there are now so many of us on the planet together that we easily get in conflict with each other. Help us to find ways to exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, to love and serve, to care about others as much as we care about ourselves. Bless our leaders who are having to make difficult choices in the midst of difficult circumstances. We pray for our political, emotional, religious, cultural, educational leaders everywhere who are desperately trying to find a way to help us all become better. Because we believe you hear us, and because of the promise you've made to us, we pray the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If the ushers will make their way forward, 
And as they're making their way forward, I want to thank you for your continued support um, financially of this church and all of its ministries. Um, Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, many of you give continuously. And I hope you're seeing the evidence of your giving in the changes in the physical realities of this church, but also in all of the lives you touch through it. Let's pray. Lord, you've given us much. We offer a portion of that back to you. Help us to be selfless with all that we have. In your holy name we pray. Amen.
I'm on. Okay. Uh, now I'm with you. Thank you, choir, and thank you, instrumentalists. Um, for those of you who are missing the organ, um, as you could tell, Kathy does the piano just as well as she does the organ. So we're grateful to that. But the organ is being rebuilt um, since it was installed in the mid-70s. It's never been taken apart and cleaned. And if you have ever looked inside an air conditioning duct in your home, you know what it looks like when air moves through something for a long time. So it's in the pits of being taken apart and cleaned and should be ready in a week or two. So we're looking forward to that. Um, I hope that those of you who are receiving email or on the church email system, um, we had a really great email go out earlier, well, really late in the week, Friday, I think, um, about all the good things happening at our church. And in a time of... Uh, difficulty in the world, it's good to know that there are still got a lot of good things happening. If you are not receiving the church emails, um, please check your junk mailbox in case it accidentally got put there, or please sign up on one of the pew registers. We will be glad to include you so that you're receiving. We try not to overwhelm you with numbers of emails. We usually don't send more than one church-wide per week. Um, so if you would like to sign up, we would love for you to have the life of the church available to you. Um, we continue kind of in the movement of the gospel stories, and today is another one. It's, it's Luke 12, verses 32 through 40. So hear these words according to Luke. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that they may open the door for him as soon as he arrives and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ for the people of God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we have heard this text many times. Help us to see ourselves in these stories. In your holy name we pray. Amen. The key verse that I want us to kind of focus on out of that passage this morning is the one that is essentially says, Be dressed and ready. Be dressed and ready to meet your master. Be dressed and ready to serve your master. <clears throat> Fashion, if you don't know it, is a trillion, a multi-trillion dollar industry worldwide. In fact, it makes up, even by the most conservative estimates, it makes up 2% of the entire world's gross domestic product. Why does apparel, the clothing we wear, play such a large part in our lives? 
For this, we can look to art and literature and even to scripture and the church. Unlike other animals, for as long as humans have roamed the earth, we've been concerned with clothing ourselves. Even in Genesis 1, from the moment that humans fell, we began a journey of finding ways to conceal our original nakedness. Um, and, you know, for those of us who have aged and put on weight, we are grateful for that. <clears throat> the very essence of communication, in fact, relies on symbols for expression. I mean, the verbal communication we have, we use a lot of symbols to talk. Uh, music, dance, art, and even clothing all convey symbols that are visual and tactile and emotional. Every one of these wordless forms of expression still transmits some kind of connection. The hope of resonance and carries with it the unique identity of the bearer. Clothing, perhaps more than anything, is a form of wearable art. With our choice of clothing comes a plethora of symbolic statements that we unconsciously or consciously make to those around us, to ourselves and to the world about who we are and what we want people to know about us. And think about it across your life. Where are those moments where by the clothing you wore, you wanted to stand out from the crowd? Usually your wedding day, special events in your life where you've dressed in particular ways, and then where are the times in your life where you wanted to blend in with the crowd, right? You wanted to have your own style, but you didn't necessarily want to stick out. Throughout history, artists and writers have used clothing, employed clothing to symbolism to help us understand something deeper and more vast about the characters portrayed in the writing. For instance, an 18th century woman in a corset and mounds of decorative clothing unconsciously conveys by her clothing that she is pure and decorative and untouchable and confined to certain norms and standards. But in the same way, the Cinderella story and the Wizard of Oz story, in those stories, a plain farmer's daughter wearing gingham and burlap may put on glass slippers or ruby slippers and hope for transformation to a radically different life than the one she had when the story started. What do your clothing choices say about you? If you're feeling down and discouraged, have you ever tried dressing up to the max to make yourself feel better? We can help ourselves feel more attractive, more hopeful, more alive by the choice of clothing that we wear. An interviewee, for example, trying to get a job, does all that he or she can to appear well-dressed and sharp and pressed so that they are telling themselves and the person interviewing them that they're taking this very seriously. I'm interested in this job very much. On the other hand, a construction worker needs to wear clothing that not only protects his or her body, but demonstrates the ruggedness and strength they have to actually do the construction job itself. Throughout the scriptures in Christian art, clothing portrayed characteristics of holiness in stained glass. The color blue is always worn by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Now, we don't have her portrayed in these windows, but in, in stained glass, if you ever see Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's always wearing a blue robe. The color red, of course, is the color of blood, but it's also the color 
of fire and the Holy Spirit. The color purple is always the color of royalty. And often Jesus will be portrayed, at least the risen Jesus, robed in purple. Scriptural descriptions of the seamless robe, the simple sandal, the priestly garb, the robe of white, the armor of battle, and many, many more all speak to us of certain desirable traits that we want to put on ourselves. To dress for success means something specific to us. To get all dressed up for dinner means more than a change of clothing. It also means a shift of mind and attitude. We are often what we wear. I was never more aware of this than when I taught um, in prep schools in Connecticut and Kentucky. We, I taught at all-male prep schools, huge all-male high schools. Um, the one in New England had 800 boys, 9 through 12, and the one in Louisville, Kentucky had 1,600 boys, 9 through 12. Enough testosterone to fuel the nation for years, let me tell you. But in those prep schools, the guys had to wear a tie to come to school every day. There was a uniform. And on dress-down days, when they didn't wear a tie, their behavior shifted dramatically. Discipline was harder. They were less focused in class, which is why school uniforms often work in, in other settings. <clears throat> so when Jesus tells us in Scripture today to be dressed for service, to be dressed and ready... He's not just advising us to put on clothes. He means for us to change our attitudes, to change our demeanor, to put on an aura of holiness. Paul uses the metaphor often in his writings. Therefore, as, God has, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Isaiah in the Old Testament even uses this metaphor. For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. For Jesus to be dressed and ready for his appearance means that we are to be dressed and ready for service. For a moment, think about what that means. Perhaps you can even picture in your mind the image of Jesus putting on a big white apron, right? Wrapping it around his waist, kneeling down to wash the disciples' feet. Perhaps for you, you can picture someone serving in a white chef's apron or in a homeless shelter or on a corner cafe. <clears throat> what kind of identity does that kind of apparel communicate to you? A job as a server or waitress or chef is not an easy job. I noticed that I tipped much better after I had been a waiter. Being a waiter in a restaurant's a hard job. It requires close attention to what's going on around you. We Americans, are never more tooky, that's a Janice Watson word by the way, we are never more tooky than we are about food being served to us at a restaurant. Food service requires quick response, an eager spirit, and dedication to the task at hand. It requires focus and commitment. 
It requires a desire to put before somebody a plate of food that's been especially prepared for that person. It requires hospitality and communication, a heart for people and obedience to the head chef. Knowing all of this makes tipping not really just a requirement, but a pleasure, especially when that person has done an amazing job, when he or she has been outstandingly helpful and kind, efficient, quick, attentive, focused, and delivers a nourishing and beautiful plate and a pleasant atmosphere. We all love eating out when it happens like that. Now think about what Jesus is asking us as disciples to do. This is probably the only time I'm ever going to give you the permission, but you can close your eyes for a few moments and imagine something right now. Imagine that you are putting on the apron. Or perhaps for you, it's a nurse's uniform or a nun's habit or a prayer shawl or whatever church clothes are for you. How do you feel when you put that on? How has your demeanor changed by imagining you in this form of dress. Jesus encourages us, not just one hour a week when we're all together in this room, not just at certain high holy days, not just when we're engaged with scripture or at a prayer meeting, to remember to clothe ourselves in an attitude of service. That no matter where we are or whom we're with, we are attentive to our discipleship identity. To identify as a follower of Christ, our identity as an apostle to the world and as a servant to all the people of the world. How will this change how you might live the coming week? For each person, just like the way you all dressed slightly differently for arrival here this morning, it's going to be different for us all. Some of us are artists, some photographers, some sculptors, some architects, some pharmacists. We all have varied gifts as people. But when we put on our servant's garb, when we remember that we're wearing, as a disciple of Christ, a particular outfit, our identity as a servant of Christ can't help but shine through. We just bless educators and students. Whatever you're doing, Right now, I'm just telling you, I'm blessing you to do it. And to remind yourself that you're Christ's disciple in the middle of it. It's as though the clothing we're wearing can light up the eyes, inform the passions that we carry, and that our hearts will shine through because we're Christ's person, no matter what we're doing. This week... I challenge you to be more aware of who you are in Christ. Be alert to the world around you and those who need your love and care. Pay attention to the headship of the universe. And pay attention to his direction about how we're to carry out our world mission. Be quick to respond to hurting faces and broken hearts. Those who need to be nourished with love. And fed with the body and blood of Christ, which are your hands and feet. How will you this week put on the fruits of the Spirit, which are, by the way, love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How will you put on those pieces of clothing of our discipleship? Today's Education Sunday at Main Street. And I love it because, first of all, you all show up, and it's great because school has begun again. But mostly I love it because though you can know God from many different scenarios of life, to grow in faith, we believe as a people that we grow in faith best when we're in some kind of small group where we're talking to each other about our faith. Sunday school classes, discipleship groups, some kind of accountability group, some experience of faith together. I'll tell you straight up, I'm your pastor, but I often encounter Christ in you. When I hear you talking about your faith, something in me shifts. And we believe that small groups, somehow that's the magic that happens, that somehow when you hear about the Jesus in me, it changes the Jesus in you and vice versa. We have multiple Sunday school classes, and we're going to be launching some discipleship groups in the next week. And if you want a group to form, we will be glad to help facilitate that. Please consider joining some small group that lets you encounter other people's faith. Please know, I want you to always come to this worship experience. So please don't stop doing that. But I I think sometimes you need a, a more intimate reality. I invite you today... To begin to try on for yourself what holiness looks like for you. This is what it means to be all dressed up in God's wardrobe of love. You, Main Street, the people who call themselves Main Street, you are the hands and feet of Christ. May you be so busy doing the Lord's work that you have no boredom for the rest of your life. God, make it so in all of us. Amen. Thank you, Todd. Our closing hymn this morning is number 451, Be Thou My Vision. Let's stand and sing just the first verse. Imagine Christ removing the white robe that he's wearing and sliding it over your head. May your life be filled with the light and the passion that fills him, and may we be like him in our world. Amen.